shaken and disturbed. I'm Darren Carp, Daddy Cat. <laughs> and John. I'm Mama, yeah, yeah, Mama right. Bear. Oh, oh, I don't yeah. know. Darren no, didn't no, tell no, me you she know was what? doing we'll, this. We'll stick to me introing. I, we'll I was going to say, we everyone. Paid, I, 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 I'm Darren Carp. I'm my, Yeah, we've paid my bestie, Johnny, to make a really exceptional intro music for and outro music for us. Let's let and him I, do that work, you know? Oh, and I just botched it? Okay. Yeah, that's you fine. pretty much did. You should go on the show botched now. I, I really, I know those guys, so maybe I should. You do? Well, one of them's married to a housewife. The other one was married to a housewife. Oh, right, and so, right, like, you know, right. I, 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 I know these peeps. Yeah, um, you do. How, how are you? How are you, J Bone? I'm, you know, I'm good. Your hair's no. growing in. You know what's so funny? I just got this haircut last I know. Saturday. Was it last Saturday? No, it was when like did two I get weeks ago. No, I just got it cut again. You got it rebuzzed? Yeah, I've had two haircuts already. Like this. Anyway. Wow. I know. Hair just grows so fast, but you look handsome. <laughs> Thank you. Although, as a reminder, when I first revealed it to you, your reaction was, did you mean to do that? And it haunts yep. me almost every time I look in the mirror or myself on mm -hmm. Zoom, I think about you saying that. So I just want you to know that that's still very present. So. I will say that I told Darren Goldberg that story, and Darren was like, is John still your friend? And I said, I think Thank so. Thank you. Yeah, but I, it's good. unclear if he's just a recording partner <laughs> or still my friend. It's unclear, and I'm mm. I'm okay in the purgatory mm. not knowing type of thing. You know what will answer your question, and we just talked about this on NMR, so go listen to it, is do you have your gift yet? No, you don't. No, I don't. So how close or how good of friends can we possibly be? Well, that's you know true, but I even mean? before I said, did you mean to do that? It's not uh, like uh, I was rolling in the gifts from you either. You know what I mean? So I just, it's hard real to quick, say. You, but real quick, what have you gotten? What was what did I get for my birthday? I'm trying to remember. Hmm. Um, right. Didn't I get you a, a pickleball paddle? Or was that for Christmas? That was for Christmas, but and I love that, oh. by the way. That makes up. Oh, that did, actually, oh, did you? Oh, you that did? covers oh, multiple did. holiday birthdays. Yeah, it does. You know what? I We've do been feel doing like this I was to one of the first to do that. I know we really. You absolutely were. I mean, I play pickleball. I've done a. I've done a tournament that you know about. I've never seen a custom pickleball paddle. Like, you really nailed that. You I really did it before everyone else. I just want everyone to know you did. Are, absolutely. Are you imbibing today? So I'm taking another week off from drinking. I'm having um, an iced coffee. You know, last week I talked about those Starbucks nitro drinks, and I got a couple of DMs from people being like, "Oh my god, I love those drinks too." So. Didn't know there was an audience there. Starbucks does not support, you know, doesn't buy ads on our show or anything. But, better than your blueberry coconut frosty you got well, from, from Dunkin' Donuts. And then yeah. you were like, coffee's so terrible. I'm like, no, your choice of coffee is well, so terrible. Well, what I realized is I tried to make that a latte. And then I went back and I found out that was a non-sweetened version. The blueberry mm. flavor at Dunkin' Donuts is like the sugar-free version. So you need to add a little something or it's just going to be... Yeah, it's a mess. But anyway, um, I'm just drinking you. a nice coffee today to keep myself going. Um, I have some things to do tonight after we record, so I just don't want to be too drinky drunky. What about you? Um, oddly enough, I have I just finished a Gatorade Zero, which is my new favorite like mm. fun drink. Oh my god, Gatorade Zero is the best. I don't like the Zero ones. Ugh. There's so much sugar in the other ones I know that I find is, the zeros but... to be like okay, so refreshing. Fair. 
Um, and then I have a seltzer and a nice coffee because I have to be um, on my best behavior. Yeah, you because have things going on. Yeah. Listen to our NMR and you will know why. I am yeah. back, but I'm still very, very busy. But next yeah. week, let's just say we're oh, going to yeah. taste the rock. Let's just say we're going to taste the Rockies next week. Let's just say that. <laughs> If That's you know what we're talking about, let us know. We'll shout you out on the episode. That's a good little clue. We're going to taste, taste the in Rockies. The Rock- we're next tasting week. the Rockies. And we're just going to be buddies drinking beers next yeah, week, right? Absolutely. Okay. Buddies drinking okay. beers. Let me also, speaking of buddies, by the way, I wanted to tell you yeah. you know those Lumi microdose gummies we've talked about on the show a few times? Yeah, I take them every night. Yep. Yeah. My, I sent my friend, one of my best friends, one of the little bottles that we had, and he's like completely obsessed with them. He's sleeping like a baby. He has a two-year-old. So it's like, you know, when you need to sleep, you need to sleep. These gummies have been like a life-changing experience for him, and he loves them so much he even ordered his own, and he's just been like thanking me. So I just wanted to say shout out to Lumi gummies. And they not only do they work well, but didn't he like the flavor? Like don't they taste like actual gummies? Like it's yeah. so dangerous actually because you could eat the whole fucking bottle. Like it's so dangerous. Uh, it's so <laughs> right? I know. Yeah, no, he yeah, loves well, them and I'm just really happy that um you know we've got Is this these the other J Bone in my life? This is the other J Yeah, the one that I was just saying that made our music. Yeah, J Bone too. Yeah. J Bone too. Well obviously yep. Give them, give them my love and tell them that they're working well for me and Nadine as well. But our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver mm-hmm. perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Trust me uh, on that, people. And you just, you know what? We need to feel the right amount of good these days because there's a lot going on out in the world. Y- so. y- you can feel too good. We want the right <laughs> amount of good. And these, these right. provide that. That's right. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com, code SHAKEN. Love it. Darren, let's get right into uh, the details of today's episode. Yeah, this one actually takes place uh, during our lifetime, so a little bit more recent uh, than some of the historic ones. But on November 16th, 1989, just after 4 a.m., gunshots were fired outside a housing project in Roslindale, Boston. Uh, I guess that's like kind of maybe a... I'm not sure of Boston. Suburb of something. Suburb of Boston. A 28-year-old taxi driver named Jeffrey... Boyajan, Boyajan, had been mm-hmm. shot five times in the head. And when police arrived at the scene, 25-year-old Neil Sweat and his friend Ben Brown happened to be standing on the street outside a nearby building. Both men told detectives that they had not witnessed the shooting. Let me say right off the top, and I've suggested this before, never, ever, ever talk to the police. Sorry to say, you should always have a lawyer present because they can always get you on something. What if they find yeah. out you did witness the shooting by not and not even knowing, like, you're going to look sussy. Just be very careful about talking to police. <laughs> Don't right? be a sussy radish around police. Don't be a sussy the, radish. Yeah. Yes. Detectives canvassed the neighborhood looking for anyone who might have seen or heard anything and happened to speak to Philippa Sweat, Neil's mom. Now, Philippa stated that she had heard a loud noise coming from outside and had gone to look out of her second floor window. She saw three men wearing leather jackets pulling a cab driver out of his taxi. Is this the T-Birds in Greece? <laughs> Are the pink ladies doing the same thing? The pink ladies, yeah. Okay. Well, one of the men was about six feet tall, 
One was about 5'8", and one she described as much shorter. So a little bit of a Russian doll is what yeah, I'm kind of picturing right. here. Just one inside the other inside yeah. the other. Yeah. And Philippa went on to state that the three black men searched the taxi driver's pockets. Oh, she did state that they were black. I don't think I, sta- I said that before, okay. but they were black, or she said that they were. So okay. that the three black men searched the taxi driver's pockets, to which she stated, take what you want, but let me live. And I, I-, I would say the same thing. At that point... Yeah. If you're, you know, being held up at gunpoint or you're being threatened, whatever. Now, after they finished going through his pockets, one of the men shot the driver in the head using his left hand. Okay. Okay. These details are kind of important because when you have eyewitness testimony, everything sort of matters. Now, the same afternoon, another cab driver named Richard Dwyer contacted police. He had seen the men too and described their heights as two very tall and one much shorter. Okay, I mean, 5'8 isn't so tall, but that's, like, average for a guy. So I'm assuming much shorter is, like, 5'1", 5'2". Well, like, like, I yeah, I'm 5'9". Egregiously short. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you there. I'm 5'9", and, like, every once in a while, I'll get a, like, you're a little shorter than I, you know. And I'm like, what? Like, 5'9 is pretty much average. Oh, is he? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when they approached his taxi, he shook his head to let them know he was not available. So they got into Jeffrey's cab, which was parked in front of Richard's, and drove off. Now, police created a photo array of 12 men who were known to live in or hang around the projects where the shooting happened and showed the array of photos to Richard. Richard identified a 16-year-old boy named Frederick Clay as the shorter man and a 20-year-old named James Watson as one of the taller ones. He couldn't pick out the third man from the photo array. The police then asked Richard to be hypnotized... And Richard agreed. Now, here we go. I am working on another project right now uh, that I can't officially announce, but John knows it. And one mm-hmm. of the things that I'm working on is a hypnotist type of thing. So I have a lot of opinions about this, but just little teaser yeah. for what's to come in the fall of, of this case. Can't so, wait to yeah. hear that. Yes. Well, on November 16th, the hypnosis, the hypnosis procedure, excuse me, was conducted by Officer Patrick Brady, an investigative hypnologist. Okay. Investigative yep. hypnologist. Does that sound like there, something there we want to... There know. are things like that, and some states definitely allow it. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. He had been trained, but reportedly did not consider himself to be an expert in the practice. Now, remember, we're talking... Where are we, Darren? The 80s, I believe. So, like, I think late that... Late 80s, yeah. Yeah, late 80s. I feel like this kind of, like... You know, we're coming out of the 70s, you know, Project Blue Book, you know, Third Eye tech Tactics... You know, remote sensory, remote viewing is like something that, you know, the CIA and other government official uh, agencies were sort of interested in, I guess we could say. So hypnotism may sound a little wild to us in 2022, but it would seem to be a pretty common practice more broadly back then. My critique with this whole thing, and let's we'll continue on in the case because yeah, I feel yeah. like it'll answer it. But like my critique is that it's very hard to know people's thoughts, of and course. it seems like a pretty easy excuse to get someone to be persuaded yeah. to put this man behind bars, or you know that they would want to please the police, and then it just is like you know you hypnotize me. I'm like, yeah, John did. Or like, well, yeah. So she said John did it. She said so... he did it under hypnosis, so that must be right. it. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's not proven necessarily that it's like this truth serum of truth serums. So. Thank you. I yeah. love that you said that. Well, Patrick explained the process of hypnosis to Richard, explaining that being hypnotized would allow him to watch the events in his mind as though he were watching a documentary film and would be able to visualize exactly what had occurred on the night of the shooting. Now, this that's is very common, asking a lot. I've learned. Yeah. 
it, but it but it's also it kind of leads the witness too, um, because exactly. you're presuming that they're able to kind of so whatever they obviously if they're reliving it that's the truth as opposed to maybe like all of our memories are pretty bad uh, in general yeah. we're human beings we're fallible but this is a common technique in hypnosis to view your sort of life and witnesses in a movie theater as a yeah. film kind of thing. Which in and of itself, like just like the movie theater, like that just is so cartoonish. If it helps weird. you, if there's like a therapeutic aspect to it to get to relay trauma, like I'm all for it. I just think that if we're putting people behind bars and we're sending them to right. death, I'm not confident this is great. But if you had like sexual assault or trauma and this helps you, then I'm all for it. Then great. Let's be yeah. clear. Then yeah. it's your life, you know helping itself essentially exactly well patrick put richard under hypnosis and once he was under patrick instructed richard to quote look at the scene and see if he could get a better look at the details after the session was over richard was shown the photo array once again this time his quote doubts were gone and he was certain that frederick clay was the shorter man and was able to better describe his quote gold colored balloon jacket end quote now, on November 17th, police showed Philip, Philippa and Neil Sweat the same photo array. Neither were able to positively identify any of the shooters. Mm. Neil seemed extremely concerned about looking at the photos or even getting involved in the investigation in any way. You know, the Sweats were the only white family living in this housing project, and they had been on the wait list for a new apartment for the past five years. So, you know, some racial undertones are sort of happening here in terms of where they're living, what they want to do. There's some class issues, I would say, even happening around Probably. here. So there's sensitivity around that. Detectives uh, tried to assuage his fears by promising him that if he cooperated, the police department would arrange to move the family out of the projects. Now we're talking See, negotiations and... Right, which to be fair, there's plea deals, there's things like that. But then you're also incentivizing people to get the guilt. case done. Yeah. Either admit guilt or be like, yeah, it was definitely that person because right. I want this as opposed to finding the right person. You know, exactly. this is why I have a problem with quotas and shit like that. It's like, are you really yeah. giving a ticket because he was speeding and putting people in danger or just you, you need to fill a fucking quota to get your budget for the next month? Like, right. it's not the same thing as being a criminal. Go off, so. go off Darren, yes. Go off, Queen. Well, although, although neither Neil uh, nor Philippa were able to make an identification, Neil reluctantly agreed to undergo hypnosis to try and refresh his memory. Now, Neil's hypnosis session was ended early due to his, quote, poor concentration. After the session, police returned to Neil and Philippa's apartment a third time as they were shown the array again. A detective promised they would be relocated at the city's expense. Now, I Neil mean, leading the witness. Leading the beyond, fucking witness. Beyond. Well, Neil identified Frederick Clay as the shooter and James Watson as one of the other men. He stated he knew them both from the neighborhood. Frederick and James were arrested that day and charged with first-degree murder, and both were charged as adults. So, and really again, weird like set of circumstances. So many biases that could be coming into play here. You know, you see these people, you're presented with this lineup, this photo lineup, so already their images are in your head, and you can easily just be like, oh yeah, you'll take that characteristic and move it to something else. And like In your mind, you think you remember seeing John Thrasher because you've seen him on the street and you've seen a photo lineup of him, but did you yeah. actually see John Thrasher? Is that your memory yeah. fucking with you? 
So there's yeah. just a lot of red flags here. And in August of 1981, Frederick and James went to trial. Before the trial began, the defense moved to suppress the witness identifications due to unfairly suggestive procedure, which is what I just described. Now, yeah. the judge waited to rule until hearing testimony from the witnesses. At trial, both Neil and Richard positively identified Frederick and James as the shooters. And during his testimony, Richard, the cab driver, gave different accounts as to whether he had seen the photo array before the hypnosis session. Richard first told the jury that he'd seen only the array after the session, but later recalled that he'd actually seen it before the session, too, mm. which is going to bias people's opinions. Now, Richard told the court that while he had initially expressed doubt about picking from the photo array, he was 8 out of 10, 80% sure about the men before being hypnotized. Again, not enough because that uh, clearly has a reasonable doubt. 20% yeah. reasonable doubt is reasonable doubt. You need Stating a 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Stating that after hypnosis, everything, quote, came into focus and was very clear, almost like a TV screen, end quote. I don't like this. I really don't like this. Well, you wouldn't like it if your life was on the line, I'll tell you that. Now, Richard went on to describe how he was about to instantly replay moments of the event to get a better look at what had happened. This gave him a closer view than what he originally had at the time of the event. So he's seeing clearer because of this hypnosis. Okay. Richard then on... Richard then went on to say he had been hypnotized a second time, 11 days after the shooting, which even makes your memory probably worse. And (sighs) this time, the second time, he was able to freeze frame and zoom in on the scene. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, this this is years before the iPhone. So how are you pinching in and zooming? You know what I mean? And how do you know that what you're pinching in and zooming is what you actually saw? That's my point. We can all pinch in. I could create an entire narrative in my mind, you know? Well, after the second hypnosis session, he was even more sure he had seen Frederick and James commit the crime. The defense called Martin Orn, uh, one of the world's leading scientists in hypnosis, to testify as to how the practice actually worked. Now, Dr. Orn is a psychiatrist with a PhD in psychology from Harvard, worked as a senior attending psychiatrist at the Institute of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's Hospital. So, uh, qualified, yeah, obviously very. smart guy. Orn testified that the mind was truly able to work like a tape recorder, which doesn't say that it is. Both nonsense and highly meaningful information would be recorded, as well as everything in between. Unclear how you can prove that. I just, I don't know. I mean, not that I am a psychiatrist from Harvard, but like I studied a yeah. little bit of the brain and like oh, that's, that's right. just impossible yeah. to prove. I just don't understand how you could possibly say that. So sure. Now, he told the jury that hypnosis is not a reliable method to obtain accurate recall of objective fact because once a subject, quote unquote, viewed their own tape in a hypnosis session, the memory of the tape was ingrained into their original memory of events and they became unable to distinguish it from their actual memory. So again, there's the memory, the memory you think you saw, and then there's the truth, essentially. Now, he continued on to explain that people are not capable of slowing slowing down or zooming in on their memory and suggesting such techniques could be profoundly distorting to original memory and what they believed to be the truth. Sounds like a whole fuck ton of reasonable doubt to me, John. uh, Yeah, that's a great point. This is nothing but reasonable reasonable doubt. Um, I don't know why that took a second to come out the way it did. Um, Listen, I don't... If you asked me what I had for breakfast this morning and you told me over no and over chance. again that, that I had oatmeal, even though I had a banana, I would maybe believe you. Like, that's how just, you know, and I think it's honestly me getting older. I mean, not that I'm like senile or anything, but, you know, listen, I'm in my mid 30s. Things aren't well, as sharp I, as they used to be. But also, let's not get political, but let's just kind of look at the media landscape right now, right? Like, 
there's so much doubling down on this lie that if you yeah. say it enough and with yeah. confidence, You're right. people will kind of believe it. I mean, it kind of think you know what religion becomes, is like this yeah. in a lot of ways. It's just blind faith. You're right. You know, something else that comes to mind I've been seeing on TikTok a lot lately is the Mandela effect, which is that we believe that, you know, a memory in our head that something happened away that actually in truth did not happen. And one not example happen. I so for one example, like which actually this isn't the best example because actually people are just getting this a little bit wrong, but there's this theory that the Britney Spears video for Oops I Did It Again, she's wearing that red skin tight, you know, kind of cat suit or whatever. She has her hair up. The theory is that in the original video, we all remember Britney Spears having a, a head microphone that comes yes. down from her ears over to her mouth. But if you go and you watch the video now, it's not there. Right. And the theory is that we all just believe she had a headphone in, on on her head for some reason, even or I'm sorry, a microphone, when in reality she did it. But like, this isn't the greatest example because the reality was that it was never there. So, you know, nobody really knows. But there's so many examples of this collective understanding of a memory that just frankly never happened. Look it up. It's really interesting. No, absolutely. But, absolutely. But all this is just simply to say that, you know, the human mind, as powerful as it is, you know, sometimes we can misunderstand and misrepresent things, you know, and, and not for nefarious reasons. It's just who we are as human beings. But nonetheless, yeah. Frederick took the stand in his own defense and told the court that he was not involved in the shooting and had, in fact, been home with his foster mother at that time. He also informed the jury that he was right handed. Now, remember, Philippa had seen the shooter holding the hand with the gun in his left hand, as Darren mentioned earlier in the episode. The defense team was sure to note that Philippa and Neil's apartment window was over 80 feet from where the body had been found, and only one single streetlight was present to provide illumination. This is For just like the Charles Don Flores case. Anyone that doesn't know that case, please look it up. It's an active um, investigation, yeah. but that's really, yes, this is almost yeah. to a T what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I know that case too. Um, Frederick's foster mom told the court that Frederick was home when she had arrived home from church on the night of the shooting and was still home at 8 a.m. There was only one door to the apartment, which was locked from the inside, and she had the only key on her throughout the night. The prosecution called two of Frederick's foster brothers to testify and both stated that there was a second floor window in the apartment where the children would sneak in and out of the home undetected. Now, that's not going to look mm. good, but that doesn't also mean guilt. You know, that's just simply a fact of their apartment. Kids well, one, being kids, right? Yeah. One of the Frederick's brothers recalled an instance where he woke up in the night and Frederick was gone. However, he couldn't recall when this had occurred. He couldn't remember either the month or the year. There was no physical evidence okay. whatsoever wow. tying either James or Frederick to the shooting. The only evidence present was, uh, presented was eyewitness testimony. So on August 19th, 1981, both Frederick and James were convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Darren, your thoughts? I just, I, I just don't understand how this could possibly be based on this only eyewitness testimony that already right. is saying, that already shows so much doubt that already shows so much bias that a fucking trained psychiatrist is saying it's not a reliable thing. Could it help a testimony? Sure. But should it be the linchpin? Should it be the only piece of evidence in order to convict these people? I, I just, right. This is absurd to me. No, I agree. Well, both Frederick and James appealed their convictions. 
In March of 1983, James's conviction was overturned on the grounds that the judge had failed to instruct the jury that he could be found guilty of felony murder during an armed robbery, robbery, excuse me, only if there was proof that James knew Clay had a gun at the time of the crime. Well, James was retried in 1984. The same witnesses were actually present to give the same testimony. James was found guilty once again and was granted the same sentence. The court, as you might expect, rejected his further attempts at appeal. So, I don't want to say this is just a racial thing, but it definitely feels like race is playing a huge role here. I agree. Hard to say for sure. Obviously, I can't prove that. I'm just kind of stating my opinion. But yep. in 2012, not too long ago, 10 years ago, the Supreme Court ruled that a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole was unconstitutional for minors, and Frederick became eligible for parole. And thank God they fucking did that, because you're not the same person at 16 that you are at 56, or God willing, you're not. Well, not and only that, but your brain hasn't developed into, a, like, adulthood yet. Right, and do we believe, like, people can change? Like, I, yeah. I do. I, yeah, I think I it's hard, too. but I, I do. Now, in 2015, he was granted a parole hearing at which he was unable to give the board an account of the crime because he claimed he was not present at the time. The board voted 4-3 to three in favor of granting parole, but five votes were necessary for parole to be granted. Frederick's defense team filed a motion for a new trial, claiming his initial lawyers had failed to properly investigate evidence that showed a different group of men from the same housing projects were guilty of the shooting. Mm. The motion stated that a 16-year-old named Tyrone Cooper, who had been convicted of armed robbery, as well as a slew of other crimes, as well as his brother Junior, were known to hang out in the area where the shooting took place. Tyrone and Junior were known to always wear leather jackets, remember the T-Birds I mentioned, and That's often right. made fun of James, although they sometimes hung out together. Tyrone was 5'8", and Junior was a few inches taller, which would sort of imply the six feet there. Now, the oh, right. motion for a new trial included expert analysis that the identification procedures used with all the involved eyewitnesses were both manipulative and suggestive, even outside the improperly conducted hypnosis, both Richard and Neil had been shown the same photo array somewhere between three to five times each. That's going to seep into your fucking brain. That just yeah, is. It just will, yeah. The motion also claimed that Neil was mentally handicapped with the mental capacity of a 10-year-old, according mm. to the defense. Now, this information was not presented to the court in a way that allowed jurors to take it into account when determining his reliability as an eyewitness, which is obvious. Yeah, now, that definitely is one thing. You have to consider that, you know. Of course. You have to also consider the reliability of the fucking witnesses who are literally giving you the one piece of quote-unquote <laughs> evidence that you need. And in 2016, the Supreme Court ruled that a majority of votes was necessary for parole to be granted, not a vote of five to two. And Frederick was actually entitled to parole now. Interesting. And on, on August 8th, 2017, the prosecution agreed that Frederick's conviction should be vacated and the new charges against him were dismissed. James' wow. exoneration took longer as his defense team was in the process of trying to get DNA testing done on the evidence from the scene to exclude James as a source of DNA found on the victim's clothing. Eight test sites swabbed for DNA. You want to always get, you know, as scientific much, method. Yep. You want to prove that you can, you know, one time could be a trick, two, two three times, whatever. Mm -hmm. And James was excluded as a DNA source from five of them. The three others were inconclusive. Now, James's defense partnered with the New England Innocence Project to file a new motion for a trial in April of 2020, asserting prosecutorial misconduct and ineffective counsel. That Good. Innocence Project, you know what? They're out here saving people's lives. Well, at the first trial, the prosecution had asked James's ex-girlfriend, the mother of his son, Diana Moses, to testify that James had admitted to being present during the shooting. 
The Innocence Project had been able to track down several of Diana's relatives to whom Diana had admitted her testimony was false. According ding, to ding, Di- ding, ding. Yeah, according to Diana, police had threatened to arrest her on drug charges and place her children in foster care if she refused to testify. Again, this is according to I Diana. Mean... Yeah. And before testifying, the prosecution had paid for Diana to relocate to Georgia. As part of his motion for a new trial, James's team asked for his release from prison while the petition was being considered as his pre-existing health issues made COVID particularly dangerous to him. And the state agreed. If you this remember a lot of this. Now that, that's yep. right. Yeah. So. Which is kind of weird. This is this might be the first time we've talked COVID in a current episode. You know, like we're catching it up. Do, with the yeah, times I don't think a we have. Bit. Yeah, we we have. Yeah. So on April sixteenth, twenty twenty, which listen, we're like right in the thick of things back then. James was released from prison, and a new trial was ordered for November fifth. On November tenth, twenty twenty, all charges against James were dismissed. In total, James served 41 years for the shooting. His son was only one year old when he went to prison. Frederick served 38 years in prison and received $1 million from the state of Massachusetts and $3.1 million from the city of Boston as compensation for his wrongful incarceration. I mean, obviously it's not enough, but I also don't want to blame the taxpayers here because the taxpayers are innocent of this. But this is... They should garner those fucking detectives or whoever's wages. They should fire all those people who were trying to consider it. This is fucking horrible. Uh, yeah. What a life, two lives wasted, although not over. And thank God for the Innocence Project. But that's exactly why I believe uh, in this Innocence Project. Yeah. Imagine being put yeah. to death or on death row, which is the case of Charles Don Flores right now uh, for this mm-hmm. type of case. So just something to consider. Let us know well, what you guys think of hypnosis. I've never been hypnotized, so I'm also curious if – any of you guys have been hypnotized and what we were what we're saying is wrong and it's fail proof and I just want to know. Yeah, I'm curious too. I mean, I would never want to be hypnotized. I feel like it would I don't even understand completely how it works, but I wouldn't want to like mess with my head any more than it's already been messed with. Any more than it already personally. is. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, let's end on a positive note with some listener shout-outs, John. Yes. Well, first I wanted to shout-out a newer listener who's also a dedicated Patreon subscriber and was attending our Patreon Pride live stream. This is our friend Marty. Marty! I incorrectly referenced her as a man because her name is Marty, but she is indeed a woman. And she wanted to let me know, Darren, that she likes my new hair and that she bought a bunch of new merch. Now, remember, she showed up on our Patreon live stream in merch and continued to buy some more stuff. So we really love you, Marty. Thank you for supporting the show that way. It really does help a lot. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Marty. And our longtime friend of the show, Sarah, with an H, said she saw me on TV in our Facebook group, quote, oh. NMR, but I was so excited to watch Darren Carp on Daily Pop. Anyone else catch her? <laughs> you are thank everywhere. Thank you, Sarah. Well, I mean, yeah. literally, I'm trying to be everywhere. I'm Spider-Man. I'm trying to be in the Marvel Universe. You seem... No, no that's one uh, step too uh, far. If one no, of us is going to be in the MCU, it's got to be me. I will say, okay, whenever this aired... I don't. I think I might have even texted you. Like everyone was messaging me that they were seeing you on television, and I'm like, "Is this happening at like right now? Like, what's going on? Where? What am I missing?" Oh yeah, you were like, "Are you on right now?" And I was like, "No." Like I was like, "Yeah, it's live in New York," and I was like, "But you can find it online." And you were like, "What?" And I was like, "Do you know how recordings work?" I'm just confused. No, I didn't do that. I I just everyone was messaging me at the same time, so I assumed it like hit the airwaves, but I don't know. Yeah. 
I got a lot of messages and being like, so weird seeing her speak. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which is weird because I feel like I would expect everyone would know you from your on-camera stuff even before our show. But, you know, a lot of our listeners find us here first. So, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Well, maybe next time I'll be wearing some of our merch uh, on air in order to That's promote it. That's a good it. idea. Of course, if you want your own t-shirt, hoodie, pillow, notebook, tote, whatever you want, click the link in our merch store in the show notes of this episode. Make sure to tag us on social when you've received it. We would love to repost. We love all the support. Like Marty. Thank you so much. Like Marty. Exactly. That's right, Marty. And the best way you can support the show directly is by signing up to become a patron the way Marty did. You can get bonus mm-hmm. episodes, codes for merch. You actually will be able to soon vote for what our next merch is going to look like, whatever our logo or slogan might be. So that'll be up to our Patreon listeners. And so much Uh more uh, beyond that for as little as $5 a month. And you can get it even cheaper if you sign up annually. So check out our Patreon. It's the best and most amazing way to keep our show going. And we appreciate all of you that are uh, our Patreon supporters. We love you guys. We love you guys, and if you can't, just rate, review, subscribe. We always appreciate that for sure. And, of course, we like to end our show with a little appreciation. So we have to thank the woman of the hour, of course, Megan, who always does our most wonderful research. Are you ready, John? I'm ready for this. Uno, dos, tres. Thanks, Thanks, Megan. Megan. We love a Megan. We love a Megan. And we... We love a Megan, and we love all. We love a Marty. We love a Sarah. We don't love a John, and we love a Darren. Um, oh, 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 oh. Uh, thank you all. So, oh, 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 oh. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll see you back uh, this week for NMR. It's going to be dropping on Fridays, most likely. I think going Around forward, there. although sometimes we can get a Thursday in, but just expect it in every week. But Sundays we drop new episodes, unless John mistakes the AM and PM, and then I get an angry text from my mother. That will never happen again. I know better than to make your mother. Because my mom. Yes. Thank you. Uh, And we'll see you guys next week for another new episode. Bye. Bye.